Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. This is your UFC 290 preview show. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you so much for downloading and listening today. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Thread? Threads. You know what I'm talking about. I'm at Primetime Klein. Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can email the show, CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. As mentioned before, the focus of this one is all UFC 290. Uh, we get ready for a bout with or a, a card with two championship bouts up uh, two championship bouts on the card. Uh, so hopefully I find my tongue as the rest of the show goes on. Thank you all so much for listening today. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about, but might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! All right, UFC 290, coming to you from the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, T-Mobile Arena. It is... UFC International Fight Week. And this fight card certainly does not have the star power of previous international fight weeks. Like, they really made this a tentpole event for the UFC, but it seems like those aren't as important anymore. You know, like, for a stretch, the big ones for the UFC were Super Bowl weekend, uh, Memorial Day weekend, International Fight Week, and uh, New Year's Eve around there. Anyway, like, that kind of time. Um, now it just seems like, yeah, whenever we can get John Jones to fight, we'll fight. Whenever we can get Connor to fight, he'll fight. Like, there isn't that focus of, let's make these big. It's just like, yeah, let's just make a, a fucking fight card, man. Let's just do it. Which is a little unfortunate. I kind of liked the big ones. You know, I like the big four in WWE. I, I like the big ones in, in MMA as well. But uh, this one, for hardcore fans, feels like a bit of a big one, as it is UFC 290. Um, let's do a quick how we got here. There's a, a couple of fights that have been, uh, I think, altered a little bit in, in this one. There is a lightweight bout um, between, or there was supposed to be a lightweight bout between uh, Jalen Turner and Dan Hooker back at UFC 285. Hooker had to withdraw from injury, so he gets this one here, uh, a bout between former two-time flyweight champion Davison Figueredo and Manel Cape was expected to take place at this event. However, um, Figueredo was not medically cleared to compete. Uh, the UFC eventually did scrap that fight. Christian Rodriguez and Cameron Samen were scheduled to meet in a bantamweight fight at the preliminary or on the preliminary card. Um, instead, Rodriguez pulled out late last month and was replaced by promotional newcomer and former Ultimate Fighter cast member Terrence Mitchell. Welterweight bout between Jack Delamadon Madalena, sorry, and Sean Brady was expected to take place at this event. However, Brady withdrew a week before the event due to an infection in his elbow. He was replaced by promotional newcomer Josiah Harrell. And just a few days ago, a middleweight belt between Bo Nickel and Treshawn Gore was expected to take place. However, Gore withdrew just days before the event with a torn ligament in his wrist. He has been replaced by promotional newcomer Val Woodburn, who was scheduled to fight at Dana White's Contender Series 
in August. So, you know, some of the, the moving parts around this one. Like I said, that this is not the deepest of fight cards. The UFC 200, this is not. But there's a few intriguing ones, and we're going to look at those today. We will start with the feature prelim, um, as Robbie Lawler takes on Nico Price. Uh, this one is going to be on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN+, and will be the retirement bout for Robbie Lawler. It has not been a graceful decline for Robbie Lawler uh, since losing the welterweight championship to Tyron Woodley back at UFC 201. He beat Donald Cerrone and has lost five of his last six, most recently to Brian Barberena in the fight in the night at UFC 276, uh, July 2nd, 2022. So almost a, or over a full year off for Robbie Lawler, who puts um, puts his career to rest. The former welterweight champion defended the crown twice, five, five times, fight of the night. It's weird when they bring that fight of the night up as a stat because it's so arbitrary, but in this time, it actually, it works. Uh, former Elite XC middleweight champion, he's been awarded fighter of the year by a number of different outlets a number of different times. He has a fight going into the Hall of Fame this weekend, his fight with Rory McDonald at UFC 189. I think forever altered both fighters. I don't think it's a coincidence that Robbie Lawler is, what is that, three and six since that bout. Those two guys quite literally left it all in the cage. It is such an amazing second act, really, in the career. Because you, you look at, like, the Strike Force run was not super kind to Robbie Lawler. He wins the Elite XC Middleweight Championship. He defends it against Scott Smith. Elite XC becomes no more. He goes into Strike Force, immediately loses to, to Jake Shields, wins a dream match against Melvin Manhoff, but then it's kind of alternating wins and losses. A, a loss to Babalu, a win against Matt Lindland, a loss to Jokere, loss to Tim Kennedy. Oh, hey, a win against Adlan Amagov. Lost to, to Lorenz Larkin. So he is not coming into the Ultimate Fighting Championship with uh, much fanfare. But then, beats Josh Koscheck, which is a monster win back at UFC 157. Beats Bobby Volker. Um, and then a split decision win over Rory McDonald at UFC 167. Sets up a championship opportunity against Johnny Hendricks. Doesn't come through there, but does eventually get to Johnny Hendricks. It's an amazing middle act in Robbie Lawler's career that gets him, I think, a, a spot in all-time discussions for the, the welterweight division for Robbie Lawler. He is taking on a fighter in Nico Price, 33 years old. Price has also stumbled recently with just two wins since 2019. He has alternated wins and not wins for a while. Uh, a win back in 2018 against Randy Brown, loss against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, uh, win against Tim Means, lost to Jeff Neal. Beat James Vick, lost to Vicente Luque. Uh, no contest against Donald Cerrone, and then lost to Michelle Pereira. Beat Alex Oliveira, lost most recently in December against Philip Rowe. So, um, by that math, Nico Price should be coming up for a, a win, as, like I said, he's been alternating wins and losses since 2018. This fight is so clearly about what Robbie Lawler has left in the tank, and I, I unfortunately don't believe it as much. I think Nico Price is going to kind of ruin some nights with a, a win here over Robbie Lawler in the feature prelims. Not a whole lot needs to go into this one. Val Wood Woodburn taking on Bo Nickel. Nickel is the, kind of the, the next big prospect in the UFC, 27 years old. Uh, he is 4-1 in, uh, in his MMA career. 
His fights have lasted 33 seconds, a minute, 52 seconds, and 2 minutes and 54 seconds. He has been steamrolling through the competition. He is an incredibly skilled grappler and incredibly skilled as uh, a wrestler as well. And I mean that—that's where he like the, the grappling part. It, it's really the wrestling. He is—he uh, won gold at the world uh, under twenty-three championships, a national championship in freestyle wrestling in Las Vegas. He is a division one champion. Uh, 2017, 2018, 2019, Big Ten champion in 2016, 18, and 19 as well. Incredible wrestler who has strung that with some grappling and has just been dominating people. Val Woodburn is not the step up in competition. The only thing you should be looking for from this fight is if it lasts more than three minutes. Jalen Turner taking on Dan Hooker. This is one of the fights we have uh, on our ticket going into this one. Dan Hooker at 33 years old. It may feel like that window has closed a little bit. He has lost four of his last six bouts. Now, those losses, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Islam Makhachev, Arnold Allen. Uh, so the, the, the Arnold Allen one is definitely one where it's like, ooh, we might have lost something. But coming off of a win over Claudio Puelas, Puelas? Either way, UFC 281 beat him with a body kick in New York City back in November. Uh, going up against Jalen Turner, 28 years old, coming off of a loss to uh, Mateus Gamrod back at UFC 285, which ended a five-fight winning streak with uh, the last win coming against Brad Riddell by guillotine choke at 45 seconds of the first round of UFC 276. I... I, I, I'm not ready to quit on Dan Hooker yet. Is Dan Hooker going to get a featherweight championship out at any point now? Probably not. But th this is someone who has some good wins on the resume. Um, Nasrat Hakparast, Paul Felder, Ally Aquinta, James Vick comes up again. Gilbert Burns, he beat him. Now, that was back in 2018, which is terrifyingly long ago. Um, but th this is still a fighter who has some very quality wins going into this bout. I just think when it's the elite of the elite, yeah, it's probably not going to go his way. I don't think Jalen Turner is of that level. I think this is a, a step a bit too far for Jalen Turner. I think it's going to be back-to-back -back losses for Turner. I think he loses this one to Dan Hooker. Really interesting bout in the middleweight division. Rob Whitaker taking on Drickus Duplessis or DDP as uh, as he is nicknamed, because that's, I mean, also his initials. Uh, for Robert Whitaker, the former middleweight champion, is coming off of a win over Marvin Vittori back at uh, Ultimate Fight Night in September of 2022. Uh, that his second fight of 2022 after a loss to Israel Adesanya, taking on DDP, who has been quite the character and is on quite the roll. He has won seven fights in a row, most recently against Derek Brunson. And now I could say... Some interesting names, as he is 5-0 in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, but it's kind of a late-stage Derek Brunson. It's kind of a late-stage Darren Till. The Brad Tavares wins are a real win. Um, and Trevin Giles and Marcus Perez, I could probably walk by them on the street. Um, but like the, the big names on his resume aren't really the big names that you would think in terms of the, the skill. This is an incredibly unique fighter, winning the, the KSW Welterweight Championship, that there is not a whole lot of this man's game that's going to be caught, uh, going to be taught, sorry, in schools across the world. But it is effective. Um, he certainly would be a breath of fresh air to the welterweight division. Um, 
sorry, to the middleweight division. Um, I, I saw a KSW middleweight title there, but uh, oh, also a former EFC middleweight champion. Um, he would be a breath of fresh air to the middleweight division, but I just think like this, the, the, the wild stuff is great, but Robert Whitaker, very little things he hasn't seen before. I think Whitaker uses his technical prowess to piece up DDP and get a win. I think he is looking for an emphatic win so he can try to get one more shot at Israel Adesanya, who, yes, he has lost to twice before, but I think Robert Whitaker will try to get one more win uh, or one more crack at the middleweight champion but he needs an impressive performance here against DDP. I think he'll get it. I, I think Robert Whitaker kind of styles on the kid. Then we get to the co-main event. Brandon Moreno taking on Alexander Pantoja. The interesting part of this is Pantoja has actually a couple of wins over our champion. One, back in 2018 in Santiago, Chile, on the uh, Damian Maya Camaro Usman Ultimate Fight Night. Um, but before that, these two fought on the Ultimate Fighter, with Pantoja getting a submission win over Brandon Moreno. Now, we have very well established that that Brandon Moreno is not the same one that is going to be stepping into the octagon coming up here on uh, Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Moreno has found something in this trilogy that he had, um, or the, the four-fight series, I guess, that he had with Davison Figueredo. He has found another level, and he comes out of it on top, uh, beating Figueredo most recently at UFC 283 at the beginning of this year, in January 22nd, um, after... Uh, a win over Kaikara France to win the interim featherweight championship as well. He has been part of this Mexican UFC MMA renaissance in 2023. He has just elevated every level of his game, and I don't think Pantoja has. Pantoja himself has won three in a row, um, the aforementioned Manel Cape, as well as Brandon Hoival and Alex Perez, most recently in a minute 31 at UFC 277. I just... Aside from the two fights that they've had already, nothing from Pantoja shows me that he can get past this version of Brandon Moreno. I think Moreno gets the win. And then we get to our main event. Alexander Volkanovsky steps into the octagon against Yair Rodriguez. Sorry, against Yair Rodriguez. Uh, Volkanovsky is looking to establish himself as not only one of the greatest of all time at 145 pounds, but maybe the greatest of all time at 145 pounds. A win on Saturday would essentially clear out the division. There's always going to be a young challenger, and it feels like there's another one coming. But for all intents and purposes, this would end it for Volkanovski at 145 pounds as he looks to continue his rise out of just some of the all-time pretty good fighters to the all-time greats. He is facing Yara Rodriguez, who is really reaching the potential that a lot of people saw from him six, seven years ago. It has now finally come to fruition with back-to-back -back wins over Josh Emmett and Brian Ortega, uh, a loss to Max Holloway, but a lot of people do that back in 2021, and then a win over Jeremy Stevens, also a win over Chan Sung Jung in that time. He is one of the most unique and one of the most skilled strikers you will see in mixed martial arts. It seems like it's chaos, but everything is set up. Um, he has one of those all-time great knockouts at 459 of the fifth round against Chan Sung Jung, where he ducks and throws an elbow over his back to knock Jung out. He is incredibly talented um, as a striker, but I have said before, Volkanovski is the most well-rounded fighter in this sport right now, and this is where I think he shows it off. Um, 
I would expect Volkanovski to use his strong wrestling base to be able to kind of nullify Yair Rodriguez. I would expect Volkanovski to use technically sound striking to kind of nullify what Yair Rodriguez does well. Does Rodriguez have a puncher or kicker's chance in this bout? Absolutely he does. But Volkanovski is just too much everywhere for Yair Rodriguez. And that will lead to questions after. Like if... If Volkanovski wins, even if he loses, does Volkanovski stick around at 145? I would imagine a permanent move up to 155 pounds is in the cards as he came ever so close to beating Islam Makashev back at UFC 284 in Perth, Australia. Uh, that was for the lightweight championship then. I would imagine that's not the last time Volkanovski has a shot at the 155 pound title. I think win or lose, he is moving up to 155 pounds. For Yari Rodriguez... This would, like I said, it'd be vindication. This is a guy who a lot of people looked at as a top prospect when he was coming out uh, of Mexico, winning against Charles Rosa at UFC 188, uh, winning against Dan Hooker at UFC 192, Andre Feely, Alex Caceres, BJ Penn. This is not a trajectory you give a dude who you think is just going to be hanging around. Like, you you look at it from the, like, all due respect, Charles Rosa is somewhat of a name, but Dan Hooker, Andre Feely, Alex Caceres, BJ Penn, Frankie Edgar, Chan Sung Jung, Jeremy Stevens twice, Matt Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Josh Emmett. This has not been just your slow ascent into uh, championship opportunity. This is someone who has been given name after name after name, and for the most part has proven himself. I would be interested to see what happens if he wins this fight. It sets up a, a few more interesting matches, like potentially a, a rematch with Max Holloway after Holloway pieced him up just a couple of years ago. But I don't think that's something that the UFC is going to have to worry about, as I, I do believe Alex Volkanovsky gets the win at UFC 290. Um, also, I have been teasing some uh, career news for a, a little bit now. And so uh, what better place to, to, to formally announce it, I guess, than on the podcast that I own? Um Next week is my last at uh, Daily Hive. For those of you who don't know, um, I have been writing for Daily Hive for a little over a year now, and it, it's just time for me to really focus on a lot of other things. And that specifically includes this podcast. Um, I, I feel like, quite frankly, just to be perfectly honest with everyone, I feel like I've done just a lot of surface level stuff, even this here, like... Um, I would like to go a lot more in-depth on all of these, and I just, I have not had the, the time, and but what happens with a nine to five job. Um, so like there's some uh, other things that are lined up, nothing permanent, um, a lot of like fill in freelance type of things, but th this is going to be a main focus for me. So um, if you have stuck through the, this last year and a bit of this podcast, I do greatly appreciate it. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you can, that kind of stuff really does help. But um, if you were just happen to be popping into this one for the first time, just know that like th this has my undivided attention. Well, mostly undivided attention. I do it for my family and stuff, but, um, th this has significantly more of my attention now and I am going to put in so much work to turn this podcast. Um, and you've kind of seen hints of it with, with some YouTube things. Um, but I, I, I really, I have a lot of ideas to turn this podcast into the show that I know it can be. And, and I know that you guys would want as well. So that is my news. Um, yeah, that's, that's the announcement. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Rem like I said before, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. Uh, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and threads. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com dot 
Com. If you're looking for more fight coverage, did a legacy look on Jose Aldo. Uh, that will be coming out here over the weekend. And at some point, we will have a reaction to the results of UFC 290. So thank you all so much for listening, and I will talk to you all later.